This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. The name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. In his book, Becoming Human, Orthodox theologian Father John Baer argues that on the cross, we see Jesus supremely revealed as being most fully human and at once most fully God. Jesus takes on the most common human experience, death, that one definitive thing that we all share in common amongst all of humanity, different colors, different genders, different vocations, different skills, personalities, the one thing we all share is death. And we know that death was brought on by the sin of our ancestors, Adam and Eve, who sought to be like God rather than living in submission to God. Therefore, Jesus had to take on the fullness of humanity to meet us in solidarity. And then being God, preserved the fullness of his divinity to heal us by his stripes. As St. Gregory Nazianzen famously said, what he has not assumed, he has not healed. The fullness of our humanity is known by Jesus, who also knows the fullness of the Godhead. Now Jesus, the king of the universe, appeared in weakness and frailty before Pilate. We heard that in the first hour. Pilate being a ruler of this world. Jesus is bound, scourged, capped with a crown of thorns, mocked, arrayed in a robe of purple. And upon seeing him, Pilate prophesied unwittingly, behold the man, if you will, behold the human. Same, same way it could be translated. And it was for this hour that Jesus had come. Bear points out that later on the cross, Jesus cried out, it is finished. And from the human side, what Bear argues is that Jesus crying out, it is finished, is I have come to the fullness of my humanity. And he entered into death. But from the divine end, when he says, it is finished, on the cross, he overcomes the flesh and death, the world and its power to allure, and the devil with all of his trickery, deceit, and evil. And you know, Jesus is so much Lord that all things work for the good because it's by death that Jesus chose to destroy death. He uses death to destroy death. And because he's so divine, St. Peter, uh, on the day of Pentecost, exclaimed, God raised him up 
loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. I don't want to rush ahead to Easter. I don't want to go there too fast, but we cannot talk about Jesus' death without knowing the full scope of his resurrection and ascension to his rightful place on high to reign. This is not a day for mere uh, sentimentality over a tragic death of a good man, though that's true. This is Good Friday. In which we see the Lord of glory so invested in his creation and in those made in his image that he condescended to meet us at our point of need out of love because that's what drove everything. That's what drives everything in God who so loved the world that he gave his only son to the end that all who believe would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so for us who are baptized into Jesus' death, that's what baptism is, right? Plunged into his death and brought to resurrection and new life. We are now incorporated into his body raised to new life by the same spirit that entered Jesus' dead body and brought him back to life. As St. Paul tells us, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so we, too, by his spirit, ought to seek to use death to destroy death. Death to self. Death to the world. Death to the works of the devil. And even laying down our life for others. So that when we die of this earthly life, we will have practiced life and enter into the fullness of our humanity with Jesus. As he was headed off to be martyred, St. Ignatius of Antioch, they were, folks were urging him, please just do this, just do that, get out of it. And he said, why? Now I enter into the fullness of my humanity. And he was sacrificed in the arena. With the few minutes remaining, I want to invite you to join with me in uh, a bit of an experiment, if you will, with our imaginations, um, to identify with him who has identified with us. As we come to the cross, St. Francis used to say it drove him nuts that love went unloved. And this love incarnate in Jesus 
was easily disregarded or not loved back, and he knew that he could not add anything to the redemption. But St. Francis insisted, I will not let love go on love. I will stay and I will watch. Let's allow ourselves to step in with Christ for just a few minutes with our imaginations, if you will, to see Christ dying on the cross that we might be partakers of his divine nature. Allow yourself to step into the story and as a way of entering in, let's use the five senses, sight. Imagine what Jesus in the fullness of his humanity saw that day of the many, many things. He saw Judas, soldiers, priests, and Pharisees coming out with swords and clubs. He saw his destruction at hand. What might he have been feeling? Terror. Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. What might he have been thinking? I want out. Yet in his divinity, he surrendered to the reality of a fallen world and centered in his father's love, he trusted that his father's will is unfolding and cried, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Sound. Imagine what Jesus in the fullness of his humanity heard that day. Taunts from mockers, unfair and unjust accusations, the call for his death, his feelings, I could imagine anger, indignance, his thoughts, I have done nothing to deserve death. And yet in his divinity, he directed his anger in constructive ways, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Rather than destructive ways with cursing. touch. In his divinity, or excuse me, in his humanity, he felt in the body searing pain, strikes across the face, a crown of thorns, nails. What emotions? I could imagine immense dejection, dereliction, sorrow. Thoughts? I'm not sure how much of this I can take. Yet in his divinity, he cries out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Taste. He thirsted like any human. And in his cry, they gave him vinegar that runs through his mouth. Feeling, disbelief, and still thirst. What might he have been thinking? I just want water. Smell. The putrid scent of death. Blood all around. Feelings? I could imagine repulsion. Thoughts? 
I might just want to throw up. And yet into, in his divinity, he cried, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he gave up his spirit. As we stand vigil with Jesus today through the course of the past 24 hours of activity, we ponder his divinity and his humanity. I invite you um, with me to think about what about me? What, what do I bring as he's identified with me? How might I use death to put death to flight? What do you bring today? Do you see before you uh, challenges of this fallen world? What have you heard around you? Accusations, calls for your own downfall. Have you brought resentments, anger, hate, unforgiveness that you might need to let go of today? What about your own brokenness? and pain, your needs. What about your thirsts? Will you allow him to give you strength and to carry you? One of the activities you can consider is the purple sheet that's in your folder. Write those down that you might be unburdened as we take them out and burn them because it's for us and with us that he came. Let me close with this promise of Jesus. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and you will find rest for your souls. It is for this that he came, to do for us what we could never do for ourselves, in solidarity with us and advocacy for us.